0: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies, Blanca, May and me, Dee, have a dish about food in Ireland from an international perspective.
1: Hi, welcome to Spice Bags. In this episode, we wanted to talk about something that's very dear to my heart, being a Spaniard, and it's... The difference between tapas and pinchos, we've had a lot of people in the past ask, you know, what's a tapa? What's a pincho? And um, we've gone out and talked to um, Gorka from Kerry and uh, Anna and Vanessa from the restaurant Las Tapas de Lola, which is one of the most successful Spanish restaurants, to get to the bottom of this. D May, could you give our listeners just a quick overview? You've been, you know, in the restaurant, you know restaurants in Ireland much better than me, about what's the scene with Spanish food in Ireland? Who are the chefs? Who's famous? What are the best places?
0: Um, I think that, uh, first of all, it's, it's probably fair to say that Spanish food was somewhat misrepresented here, or there wasn't... Um, a very high quality of spanish restaurants in ireland um like uh, you know before El tapas de lola and Gorjas, um where he where he worked um um so i i feel like it's just really a more recent um thing that there's been some restaurants that people um would really kind of call it a higher standard of Spanish food. But also to say there is an absolute love of Spanish food in Ireland. Um, Spain is such a popular holiday destination. And I think it's Spanish food is probably one of, you know, the the foods, world cuisines that Irish people have experienced most because it's so close to us. And lots of people go there on holidays, as I said. Um, so I think that there are in there's some really great also tapas as well, just to say that, you know, I think it went through kind of, it almost became a trend, um, in the last, I'd say five years that you would see tapas menus, even in some Irish pubs, you know, they would have Mm. what they considered a tapas menu. Now it's, not actually that really, but it was you know small plates. They felt that they were representing that by you know you or you'd have patata brava sneaking onto sides of an Irish pub uh, menu, you know like things like <laughs> that. So you would see those influences definitely coming through. Would you say that's the same, May, in your experience?
2: I would say also that there's an infatuation with small plates and everything that is small plates becomes tapas. I completely in Ireland. agree. Right. Like, so there is Asian tapas, I think would be the biggest sort of. Or the Japanese know, like, tapas. Japanese which they tapas. Call, they right? call Japas. And Japas. And I think that it's this idea of um, eating differently because I think that in Irish households, one gets one, like, you get one plate and you keep it to yourself. Right. So there is an exotic flavor to dining out when you have all these small plates and you're sharing them. Definitely. Blanca, also,
1: can you just very quickly, can you define what is a tapas versus a pinchos? I think to me, because I'm a total food nerd, and because I had a boyfriend from the pincho region, I think tapas and pinchos really give you a lot of insight into Spanish culture. So tapas are more something that you get for free with a drink. And it's something that could be very fancy, and it could be raw broad beans, like in the town my mother's from, which is the largest cave-dwelling population in Europe. So to me, tapas are closer um, to my heart because my mom is from Andalusia. So tapas is informal. You get it for free. It could be a leftover rice. It could be rabbit. It could be anything. Whereas pinchos, tapas evolved from the tradition of Muslim hospitality. Pinchos evolved in the thirties in Spain, and the region it comes from, which is the Basque Country, which also spills over into France, is a an incredibly rich Part of Spain, so to me tapas not only it's a different food, but it's a different culture. It's a different economic um, setup. More like the the north of Spain is industrial, the south of Spain tended to be more agricultural. So it it encapsulates the spirit of Spain. But I do love pinchos um, because pinchos are so glamorous. And anybody who's been to Bilbao or San Sebastian. Will have witnessed this. We're going to go now to Gorka, and he's going to tell us his take on pinchos and tapas.
3: Tapa in Spanish, and uh, Blanca can correct me. You know if uh, you know he knows a lot of the history of the tapas and pinchos. Tapas, tapas normally tapa means cover, and pincho means like a hook or a stick, no? So the difference of tapas, tapas, tapas were given away for free. As well, It was uh, something that you you will go to Spain, you know, and you go to Madrid and uh, you ask for, let's say, um, a beer or a glass of wine and they give you a little bite for free, no? So then could be a little bit of cayos, could be a little bit of, I don't know, patatas bravas, could be something, something, normally it was for free, no? Not, not anymore. But uh, and pinchos, they were charged always. You know, it is kind of a one bite, two bites. Nor- normally were presented in a little bit of bread or or like I said, the pincho in a stick. You know, maybe the probably the best known pincho is the gilda, no?
1: Can you explain what the gilda is?
3: Well, G- gilda, gilda was was originated in a, in. A, in the festival of of, of uh, San Sebastian that uh, that runs every year and is very popular, and it, it was I think it was it was from the from a movie from Rita Hepburn, you know when she takes out the glove. So Agilda is a stick with uh, two pickled chilies, uh, anchovy, and olive. From 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 there has kind of. Uh, Variated, you know, that you can put maybe a little bit of a shallot, a little bit of bonito, but originally pickled chili and and anchovy and olive is the original, let's say, Gilda.
1: So Gorka Rieta is a a chef from the Basque country, and his name Gorka is. An, it's a, a Basque name. And he came to Ireland, um, and st- ended up studying in, in, in Tralee, um, culinary Institute, And he worked for, um, a while in Solisombra, but also all that time, he's had a Basque pop-up and this Basque pop-up has been very, very popular. And on the side, Gorka also loves pincho competitions and tapa competitions, which are an incredibly big thing in Spain. People go mad for the bar that won the competition for Best Tapa. So Gorka organizes the All-Ireland Tapas Competition, and we've seen a lot of Irish men competing in this and going back to Spain. And they've done quite well, apparently, haven't they? Definitely. Um, last, this year, an Irish uh, chef won Best Traditional Tapa. That's amazing. His name is
0: Darren Collins. And he's from Waterford. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, part of the Baja bakery in Waterford. yeah. And his I believe his his pinto had um, bread in it as well. So I think that obviously links back to his his bakery. It was like a sandwich. Um, yeah the-
1: it's it's an interesting sandwich. It had black pudding, uh, apple quint, like an apple jelly or a, like a membrillo. It had romesco and it was made with puff pastry and it won in the category of traditional, which I was surprised, by. but there's, there's a lot of categories in this competition and this competition is huge and they do it in the city of Valladolid. And the first person from Ireland to go was uh, a guy called Robert Curley, Rob Curley, who's great friends with Gorka. He went three years ago. So they wanted to bring that back to Ireland and they got together with um, Kerry and Tralee and they promoted it and it was very interesting to see people. We should go, guys.
2: Also, uh, Blanca, I wanted to ask you about how Basque culture sort of went from, in my opinion, this peasant cult. There's two things that came up when you talked, when you gave your definition of tapas versus pinchos. One is... How did Basque culture evolve from what is essentially, like, I think, like a quite proud peasant culture into something that is desirable and cosmopolitan and masculine? Um, and then also with the tapas thing, um, I wondered when in Spain women started going out.
1: That's a very interesting point. Um, So the Basque country um, is one of the areas of Spain that was never colonized by the Romans. It's behind these mountains. People have an agglutinating language, which means words get bigger. So big red house becomes one word. And actually my name in Spanish, uh, everyone in Spain calls me a Basque name, which is Surinye, which means white. Um, But the Basque were very clever, um, adjusting even though they were separated from the rest of Spain, they've developed this amazing culture. And I don't know exactly the link, but they were the pioneers in Spain of both banking and industry. And the port, like the area that faces, you know, Ireland became also a place where they would ship things to other countries. So the the Basque was the first part of Spain to industrialize and have a very good banking um, system and banks and still Banco Santander, one of the largest banks in the world is from that area. But another interesting thing that happened in the Basque country, and this comes back to being a man and masculine is men have always associated in these gastronomic clubs where they meet up, they buy a real estate property and they have a club, a food club. And this has been done for probably 150 years and out of that, you've also had this restaurant. So the first fancy restaurants in Spain were in the Basque country because also there were people there with money. So it's the whole history of the Basque country. When you look at a pincho, what's behind that? It's a polarity
2: is... in certain ways,
1: right? Like yeah. And then you look at a tapa. The, what's behind a tapa is very different to what's behind a pincho. And obviously, pinchos are not free, whereas tapas in Almería, Granada, Jaén are free. So there's a lot of, it's, it's, I just find it very interesting, um, that, that difference. And I've noticed the, the tourism in, in the North of Spain from Ireland has increased and people almost say it's like going to a different country. And it
4: is.
0: <laughs> there's actually a little cluster of Spanish restaurants that are really good. I know Solace in Dingle as well. Um, I've been there. It's excellent. I really liked it. Um, uh, which is really nice too. So, And Sali Sombra, of course, that you mentioned already. Um, it's another great one as well. Um, in Dublin, I think that the best restaurant that people might say is Uno Mas. And of course, uh, going back to Dublin again, La Sapa de Lola, I have to mention that um, with Vanessa and Anna, who actually we interviewed for this episode. And we're going to play um, that now. Hey, let me ask you a question. What do you know about sustainable energy? Or have you ever wondered what it's like to drive an electric vehicle? Do they really save money? 180 Degrees is a podcast answering these questions by sharing the stories of people across Ireland working towards a cleaner energy future. They chat to the people who are making a real difference in the areas of sustainable transport, energy in the home and in our communities. They hear how businesses and public sector bodies are cutting carbon emissions and how energy research is informing policy decisions. 180 Degrees podcast is brought to you by the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland and it is supported by the Government of Ireland.
1: We wanted to talk to you about tapas and pinchos and um, we wanted to understand the differences. How do Irish people perceive tapas and pinchos and what are your favorite tapas and pinchos? So just a little introduction, how you think people perceive tapas and pinchos. Okay, we're
5: talking about the Irish perception of tapas versus pinchos, uh, nobody's really doing pinchos. Um, as in, a, we don't really have a pincho bar yet in, in Ireland. Um, and the main reason being is... Uh, I, I suppose it comes down to the quality of a pincho and the cost of a pincho, um, because we all get spoiled rotten when we go to places like Bilbao and San Sebastian, and we walk into what I call food galleries because the pincho bars there are just stunning. Um, but it's 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 you know you can go from one bar to the next to the next, um, and there's you know uh, there's I suppose quantity uh, as well as quality there, whereas uh, a pincho bar here. I think a, a lot of uh, Irish might find it very hard to pay what could, in the end, cost between three fifty and six seven euro per pincho uh, just due to the cost of product here versus uh, versus in Spain. So I, I don't know if the pinchos have really taken off here that well. From a tapas perspective, when we opened in two thousand and thirteen, uh, I think I was mentioning this the other day. Is um, you know, Anna's family and friends from Spain were laughing at her saying, you know, how are you opening a sit down tapas bar? You know, it's, it's, you know, you're, 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 order, you're opening a restaurant, you're not opening a tapas park. Um, and in, in 2013, it was kind of in the middle of the crisis back then. And I suppose the Irish culture was, we, we like to have a table, we like to have a seat. Um, and, you know, we like to have our two hours over our dinner. So, so that was kind of where that concept came from. But also, I suppose the joys of tapas in Spain is, you know, the the real concept behind it is you go to one bar and you have your little drink your sherry and your whatever, and you go to the next bar and you have your next one. And, you know, you can go from bar to bar to bar. Whereas in Ireland, we don't have that luxury because we don't have another bar to go to. So what we end up doing is putting every single one of our favorite tapas on our menu. um, And we try to do our best with each and every one of them. Whereas in Spain... On one street, you might have 20 bars and one is famous for its pig's cheek. Another is famous for its prawns, even though they might have 20 other dishes on the menu. You know, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's, a different, it's a different concept. Vanessa and Blanca, actually, um, could you define the difference between a tapas and
2: a Can we Can we just talk about that? Uh,
5: pincho. A pincho traditionally, uh, traditionally a pincho on animal, correct me if I'm wrong here, would be, you know, it comes usually on a slice of bread and it can come with anything you could possibly want on, on it. You know, so it can be fish, meat, veg. It can be all sorts of... of uh, of uh, combinations whereas your tapa uh, you know the history of the tapa they say was back in the day when you know you, they used to put like a a, a lid on, a, on on the bottles of wine or on the on the bottles of beer to to keep the flies out and and then food was served on it and that was the theory behind it so you know tapas by their nature are you know it's less it's not served on a piece of bread so you go to some it depends on where you go in Spain. Like you go to some parts of Spain and the menu would be divided into tapa, media racion and racion. So you'd have a tapa, you'd have a half portion, and then you have a full portion. And you know, the cheapest would be the tapa, which would be more like an amuse bouche, really, than you know, it'd be like a like a like a taster. Uh, and then it goes up in sizes. But like you know, you you go to Granada, Granada is famous, for example, you you go to Granada and you book a table for your dinner. And by the time you get to your dinner, having had a few drinks and a few bars beforehand, you're stuffed because they give you a tapa free with every drink, you know? So, so, and, and then you go to other, it depends on the cities, you know, and depends on the region, but, you know, normally, you know, Granada is, is, is still, it's, I, I suppose it's strange that way as a big city, that it still gives you free tapas with your drinks because, uh, you know, most cities that have a lot of tourists coming in realize now. Listen, start, let's start charging the tourists, uh, and they're dead right. Uh, but if you go outside of the kind of tourist trap cities, you know, you're still always offered something a little free when you when you arrive, which is why we do it in Lola. You know, people arrive, we give them a little taster of Tinto de Verano when they arrive, and then we give them a little nibble of an, ol- an olive or something else. You know, because that's just tradition. You know, it's a Spanish tradition. Yeah.
1: Um Vanessa, i wanted I was going to pronounce your name in Spanish, Vanessa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I I wanted to ask you, you've noticed that uh, pincho competitions and tapas competitions have become. We've been talking to Gorka, who's in Kerry, and they've become huge. What do you think of that? i just I wanted to hear because you're more in the tapas, I guess, arena. What do you think of all these men competing in these competitions all over Spain and now Ireland?
5: Uh, sure, sure, each to their own. <laughs> yeah, each to their own. You know, I mean, like competition's good. You know, and 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 you know, it's uh, you you see it when you when you go. I mean, it's a huge part of the industry in uh, Bilbao and in San Sebastian. I mean, you go into most of the bars and they've all got big posters up saying that they won first prize or gold star or gold whatever at all these different pincho uh, pincho um, competitions. So you know, competition's good. I find
1: there's a divide in Spain between the Tapa and the Pincho and it's like the wealthy north and male and then the poor south that's female. Um, And and I find the competitions are just, you know, another expression of that division. But I find it fascinating. But I I don't know if I would ever if I was competing in that.
5: Yeah, I mean, the gender, the gender. Uh, I suppose the gender issue around tapas and Spanish food is kind of funny because when before we opened Lola's, we spent a long time doing a lot of research. Uh, both, we, we used to visit loads of different uh, Spanish restaurants in Dublin and around the country. Um, we used to sit in, in terraces and just watch who was coming in and who was going out and the age profile and the gender and the whole shebang. And, you know, you, there, there was an element of it was tapas was considered to be much more female orientated from an Irish perspective. But uh, if you're looking at Spain, it's not at all. I mean, it's, 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 an everybody, it's an everybody event, you know. But when we opened, we put a lot of more, uh, if you'd like to be quite sexist about the food, at the time we were being very sexist. Uh, we were putting more meaty dishes on the menu because we thought we don't want to end up with a, a restaurant full of women only. <laughs> um and not that we'd complain about that but um but we, it's really Alan's tough laughing and we uh but we we put a lot more meaty dishes so we put things like we put offal on we put like sweetbreads, we had kidney we had liver we had you know all sorts of dishes like that hoping to attract the men but we just we realized it didn't really matter you know the men came anyway um and the women were eating all the meaty dishes themselves too so so the kind of gender divide is, is, is what was a thing in, in Ireland, but isn't any longer, but it's certainly not an issue in Spain. So it's for everybody in Spain, really. Fabulous. I'll pass you over to, to my dearest and nearest. How are we all doing? We're very say, welcome good. back. Welcome back,
2: honey.
4: Oh, oh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm delighted. How long were you in Spain? Four weeks. Oh, nice. I want to see the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, just them. Um, I, I, did, I didn't get to see them uh, this year. My grandmother is, is getting very well, everybody, I suppose, like everywhere. Uh, she's 93 now. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you have something that you have to go and do. So, that's what I did. I went to see them. La Yaya. La Yaya. La Yaya. See.
1: So, Anna, tell us how did you end up in Ireland?
4: Oh Jesus, that's a long time ago. It's <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, well, I I end up in Ireland through uh, through uh, breakfast. Um, um I was meeting a friend for breakfast and she went, Oh I'm going to Dublin, and I was like, Oh well, I'm going to London. And she said, Oh, why well, you don't come to Dublin? And I went like, Okay, well I'm going to Dublin then. And I end up in here. And uh, and then I came to learn English and I stayed for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, and in between there is a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but um, that's 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 mainly what it is.
2: Vanessa said she spent a lo- like a lot of time in Barcelona, but then she met you here. Is that right?
4: That's right. Yeah, Vanessa spent uh, two summers in Barcelona in '91 and in '93. Um, she was uh, working and studying uh, in Barcelona. So then we met here in 2008 so many many years later
1: okay and can you tell us what are from a, like the Irish your Irish clientele because I imagine you have clientele from all over the world but your Irish clientele what would be the dishes that Irish people really order all the time and they enjoy the most
4: well I suppose like uh, every um we what we, we do you no know, we do very traditional tapas so uh, um they we, we, at the beginning, when we opened, and uh, now with COVID, we have to reduce the menu about 30%. But we used to have over 54 tapas in the menu. And to be honest, we found it very difficult. Once we have to reduce the menu a little bit, we found it very difficult because every single every single dish we were looking at, we were like, oh, no, that sells. Oh, no, that sells. Oh, no, that sells. So it everything sells. You know, some people, it's a little bit more... We find, you know, that in the summer, people, it's a little bit more, you know... They, they just to they like to experience, you know. They like to try octopus. We change the dish of octopus and put it. it everything. It's, it's a classic menu, so all the dishes sell more or less. Of course, the potatoes always is a is a, is a classic, the and, and, and they will they will they will sell a lot. But I mean, like we we notice people at the pig chicks, we thought oh my god you know not many people but once they try it the big cheeks fly the octopus is absolutely the same I mean they, they're very um our clientele is very they, they like to experiment I suppose with new flavors and as soon as you obviously confident enough go to the table and you go like you really need to try this you know and if you don't like it you won't pay for it but you need really need to try it and once they try it they come back and they try it again you know so the uh, it, it's it's a mix of everything you have the classics, the classic cell, and then you know people who likes to you know to experiment and to try new flavors they, they 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 also try so it's a little bit of a mix
2: Anna I had a question so um kind of um on the back of that. what are your personal favorite tapa that you you serve at?
4: Lola, I like, I like I like simplicity. To be honest, for me, I mean, like a, a good bread with a good tomato, with a good olive oil, a pinch of salt, that makes me very happy. You know, it depends on the, and I can eat it all day. Or you can, it's just simplicity for me. The the, the simplest, the better. You know, if a good Spanish omelet with a good piece of bread with tomato, or it's it's or a good octopus. I love octopus. I love lentils. I love everything. I just. Um, I just, um, I don't know how, I can not choose one dish. It depends on the time of the day. As I say, uh, the menu, the menu, we, it's like soap, it's yeah, yeah. The menu that we, we actually, the menu is all ours. So all our favorites are, are in the menu. So.
1: Were there any dishes that you had to that you wanted to put in, but that didn't work? Maybe from an Irish point of view, like between you and Vanessa, because I'm sure that you brought two different perspectives to the menu. Was there something you wanted on the menu, and Vanessa was like, mm, "That um, that's not going to fly in Ireland." I don't know.
4: I don't. No, I don't think so. I think it, it's to be honest, it's more difficult. I think we both enjoy quality, and we both enjoy simplicity of the food. I mean, like there's nothing better like a good quality prawn uh, just to it a la plancha with a pinch of, uh, you know, sea salt and, and a mm-hmm. squeeze of lemon. But you can't find You know, you find it very difficult to find a red prawn, a fresh prawn, um, which you you only find tiger prawns. You know, which uh, it's very difficult. Where I love gambas de palamos, for example, Mm -hmm. which are really red prawn uh, in the the Mediterranean uh, north coast. Uh, So you know, it's same as in in Italy. You find them also, Uh, but it's. It it is more not not that Vanessa didn't like it and you know that's what we didn't put in the menu It's because we wanted to put morro or careta also you know the the pig uh, face just fried but you know uh, the pigs are <laughs> really, very no, no it's true but but in, in, the pigs are very old so the the meat is not the same so when you fry them it it's just become very 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 chewy so we couldn't find it in here so um Of course, we're not going to kill small pigs just you know to put that in the menu in in Ireland. But that's what we. It, it was more the, the issue to find produce than the issue to don't agree with the dish. Yeah.
1: When I when my husband first came to uh-huh. to Spain, um, my family is from Granada, from uh-huh. a small town, Guadix. Guadix, yeah, yeah. And he had careta and he didn't know it, uh-huh. so he was saying, "This is." just the most <laughs> delicious pork so crispy yeah. and I said ah careta and he was like what does that mean he had no clue and then I said oh pig's face and
4: his face yeah, he yeah. just went white yeah. and yeah. I thought oh maybe he's never coming back yeah yeah <laughs> but I mean like I honestly I mean like in Spain you we have a saying that you eat everything from the pig and that's true you know yeah. I mean like you eat everything you use the pig's trotters just to make you know a nice uh, Potage, a nice stew you know like you um a, a, or a nice caldo you know um but you know like the same thing here you can do and all the things you don't find or it's very difficult to find the produce like uh, but uh, slowly but surely that's why you know we try little by little you know because we we at the beginning when we open the restaurant and now you know your hands are very tight because you're very busy with the restaurant and you front of the house and you know uh, and but little by little, we bring the produce that we like. You know, if we don't find it here, we find somebody in Spain and we bring it ourselves. And I think so that, you're
1: importing yourselves. Yeah.
4: Some some of the produce, of course, you know, like all the meats, uh, the 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 chicks are are Irish chicks, uh, the pig chicks, uh, and everything else. But any chorizo, any black pudding, um, we we bring it. Uh, the anchovies, the jamon, the chorizo, all these things we bring it ourselves because we we find that. We we do find the in here. It's like the paprika. We only buy Spanish paprika. We wouldn't buy paprika from you know from Sweden or whatever. You know from uh, from Morocco <laughs> from Morocco. But uh, we because it's pimentón de la Vera. It's what gives the Spanish flavor, and we we couldn't use any other pimentón. You know, but we find that you know in 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 Ireland maybe you find you know. Eight or ten different types of chorizos in Spain. You have ten thousand million <laughs> of different yeah, types yeah. of chorizo, and that's why we when we don't find it producing here, then we go and find it somewhere else. So, but then, and this is a really
2: basic question: uh-huh. What made you guys decide to open up a restaurant in the first place? Well,
4: I always say this, you know, like I, I suppose it's been our motto uh, for for many many years, is that uh, we wanted to make people happy, and the only way we knew how to make people happy was through their mouth. And then the mouth sent a message to the stomach and the stomach, you know, sent a message to the brain and that makes you happy. And, you know, nothing more happy for us to see people putting a spoonful in their mouth or, or a forkful in their mouth and, and seeing the expression, you know, on the face of happiness. And that gives us good bumps. You know, it's it's very, like anybody who, if you speak to any restauranter any chef, and the, the pleasure of seeing your clientele, or one person, or whoever, you know, putting a, 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 a spoonful in their mouth and seeing the, the expression in their faces of happiness, you know, of pleasure—is it is a type of pleasure, you know? That 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 makes us open the restaurant and still still does. Blanca, should we ask Anna? I mean, you know,
2: the, I think the, the original question that we were, we really wanted to talk about is the tapa versus pinchos. And, um, and Anna, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. What? Um, and uh-huh. like, what is a tapa versus what is a pinchos? I know it's a North, I know. I know it's a South North thing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but what are the other differences? And also, um, Blanca sometimes thinks that like Tapa can be a little bit more feminine and Pinchos can be a little bit more male because of the competitive aspect. I don't
1: know. It's because I had a Basque boyfriend, sorry, (laughs) and he was from a gastronomic society that only allowed men so I have that <laughs> yeah, no, we have, vision.
4: <laughs> we have these things in Spain a little bit. Uh, no, I suppose like uh, the pincho versus tapa. I suppose tapa for me, tapa would be uh, more like a small plate of it could be what it could be of a substantial meal and that needs to be eaten with a fork and a knife at the end of the day. Um, mostly all of them needs to be eaten uh, with a fork and a knife. So, you know, that, that would be a tapa for me. Um, again, Manessa Ma- has explained it very, uh, very easily. You know, you can go tapas, you can go for vinos and tapas, uh, uh, with two or three people or four people, you know, like, but you can also sit in a restaurant and have a, a full meal of tapas, uh, if you want. Um, but you can have a tapa, a media racion and a full racion. It depends the amount of people is sitting on the table with you. Um, and then pincho, for me, pincho, it would be more like not all of them, but it, it, it is crossed with a, with a toothpick for sure. And, uh, it's more like a, again, you can have it as, a, as a dinner if you want, if you eat a lot, but it's more like a, a, a an aperitif before you go into your meal. So, uh, you go pinchos. You know, before your lunch or you go pinchos before your dinner. You know, you you have a couple of drinks and 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 you have a standing. You have a a, a a toothpick with something. Uh, it doesn't need to be in a toothpick because the pinchos nowadays not all of them have to be in a toothpick. And also, it's from the north. Uh, you don't see many bars. You see some, but not many. Uh, we don't have the costume of uh, doing pincho bars. Um, in Barcelona, you don't find them in Madrid. It's just very few. Normally they bask, and you don't. So, certainly, you don't find them in the south of Spain. So I think pinchos. It's north, and it's it's actually the Basque country, not the because you 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 go to Galicia and you don't find pinchos. You know it's all in the Basque country that you really find pinchos or oh, people go, nos vamos a pinchos. We come go, we go for pinchos. Mm-hmm. The rest is it's, it's tapeo. It's, we come for tapas or we go for vinos. Or...
1: They're both informal, I think, but I just find pinchos are just more glamorous and more much more expensive. Like if you go for pinchos in San Sebastián, you better bring some money. If you go for tapas in Guadix? No. (laughs) Um, one interesting thing about a tapa, I brought these friends, um, Anthea and John to Guadix for tapas and we were served, uh, broad beans and bread yeah, and they couldn't believe that was a tapa but the tapa you anything can be a tapa basically
4: any i think any any substantial meal can be a tapa you know but not everything can be a pincho and you know like it depends what places you i mean like i suppose like if you go to uh, the the beauty of the tapa and one of the things that i think i understand because i grew up with it and you know i i've been you know like it's in my blood Is like there is millions of the it is millions and millions and millions of tapas out there and there's millions and millions and millions of different level of tapas you have the tapa of a neighborhood like we have thousands of bars like neighborhood bars like neighbor pure neighborhood bars um that you can go for tapas you know and it costs you like 50 cents a tapa or 90 cent a tapa or whatever you know like and and then you have ferran Adrian you know doing tapas style uh, restaurants you know so and in between there is millions of uh, different chefs and different no chefs even family these people that has been 70 years running a bar you know that they're not chefs they're the owners of the restaurant running a bar and the, the the man or the woman is in the kitchen you know and they be cooking tapas for all their lives so there's so many different levels of um of tapas, uh, of tapas in that sense. So, yeah, you have the posh tapas, the expensive ones, and then you have the, the the neighborhood tapas, which are not expensive at all, but you can eat very well also. And in the sense of the uh, of um, <laughs> the 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 sex, uh, the, the, you know, men versus woman going tapas pinchos. I, I suppose, like the only difference for me, the only time you can see a difference in the bars and mainly. It would be in the villages, not even in the cities. Is on Sunday morning when they go to mass, and you see all the men outside in the bars, and probably all the women in the church. Because any other time, everybody (laughs) enjoys tapas. (laughs) Every single person enjoys tapas since the baby, I say, from the since the newborn, and to the to the to the you know 100 year old grandmother or grandfather you know it's in our blood uh, uh and it doesn't matter if you're a man a woman or, or whatever you are you know you, you enjoy tapas 100 percent or pinchos <laughs> you know no. pinchos. it depends where you're from you know
2: and i know i keep going back to this and I, like originally well, yeah. i was um talking about it in context of lola but you know your favorite tapa. Ever, what? you know, like what you know, any memories of tapa <laughs> or pincho? Yes, I know. Just, just think. Have a I, think. you honest, I, I
4: just, time. I just, I don't know if you've seen my body lately, you know, but to you know, to maintain that body, it's a lot of tapas and the all favorites. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 love seafood. I, I, I love seafood. So any any seafood tapa you can give me, I just love. I just love everything. I can't think of one now that it jumps out of my head. But, yeah, I love a good Pincho Moruno. suppose have you been in Bilbao? I have, yeah. Yeah, have you been in the, the, there is a very old bar, actually, where they have a little corner and there is a... a, a, um, uh, family been running that little corner for many, many, many years. And they do a fabulous Pincho Moruno. I love Pincho Moruno. I love the out. Can it. you explain what it is? Well, a Pincho, mor- a pincho Moruno, it's, uh, it, it, it comes from from North Africa, basically from Morocco, where they mix all these beautiful spices. And uh, they normally eat it with lamb because they don't eat pork. Uh, it's an skirt and the best, uh, I suppose is best if you cook it on the brassas, on the, uh, on the coal, on, on the wood. Um, and you just toast a little piece of uh, slice of bread and put it at the end of the skirt and you eat it standing and pulling up with your teeth from the skirt and just ripping it off from the skirt and eating it with your piece of bread. And you can eat it in ferias. Uh, you can eat it in your house, you can eat it in a bar standing up, you can you know, and it's delicious. But a good any any classic tapa, well done, done properly. It's it it's it, it it's like going to a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's like when when your body responds to the food, when your body reacts, I suppose, with pleasure, and you know, you get goosebumps with food. It doesn't matter if it's a Michelin star meal or if it's a, or if it's a Pincho Moruno, you know, when you go to a bar that is full of papers in the floor and it doesn't matter, you know? It's, it's a pleasure of eating, and when your body reacts, that is something good.
0: Okay, ladies, if I could just take a second, I want to tell our listeners about a podcast that I know we're all massive fans of, um, Joe Rooney's Pod-a-Rooney. Um, Joe is one of Ireland's most recognisable comedians. He's part of Ireland's oldest comedy improv group. And as an actor, he has starred as the memorable Father Demo in the iconic Father Ted, who could who could forget that, as well as roles in Gully, Red Rock and more. In his interview podcast, Potteroony, he chats with comedians, actors and musicians, as well as people with fascinating background stories. Can you believe that there's over 120 episodes in the back catalogue? So plenty to binge through on these wintry nights. I know that I have been tuning in and they're absolutely hilarious and fascinating.
6: Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potter Rooney. And since then, I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels, here and there, all over the world. Including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Merza, Aidan Gillen and Cocha Reardon. But loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell including the, sadly, no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drogheda Homeless Aid, Christine Valset, a Norwegian singer documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in Nursery City Dublin and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell, and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's
0: I love that with the two girls. They're so interesting. Um, I loved their, I loved that uh, Vanessa's take on that. The reason Patata Bravas did so like was one of the tapas that did really well here is just because of potatoes. I kind of loved her comment about that as well.
2: I also love the fact that they thought that tapa would be more immediate female, thing and they tried to sort of masculine it a little bit like when they brought it over to Ireland
0: yeah um okay.
2: and and then they found out that no like women and men
0: and also I Vanessa's comment that. about um how Irish people want to sit down during a meal like that we like to kind of I loved that kind of casual comment of because I think like the tap you know the tap a bar and just kind of having a tapas with wine, which I guess like Loose Cannon do on Drury Street in Dublin, but um, but it's not a tapa bar, but people there's no seats in there. But that, but I loved her comment about how they they just knew that that wouldn't work here because Irish people like to sit down and take their time over food. That was really yeah. funny
1: because tapas essentially like steve didn't know this when we lived in granada but it's exhausting you're going from one bar to another and you have to kind of say hi to a million people and each bar is known for something so by the end of the night you know if you're wearing if you're not wearing hiking boots you're pretty tired and you're Mm -hmm. like oh and then you have to kind of push people away it's it's Tapas is an endurance sport, let's be honest. But one interesting thing about tapas and pinchos is the whole, I see it as tapas is for ladies and pinchos are for men. And it goes back, and, you know, this is totally personal anecdote, but I had a Basque boyfriend, and I'm, I was so traumatized. I, I, I When I met Steve and he told me Parmesan came in a can, I was like, dude, let's get married. Because Javier, I'm sorry, Javier, if you're listening. <laughs> But he was a grade A blank H-O-L-E. He would <coughs> criticize everything. So he was very posh from the Ramon Bilbao winery originally. And his, he was an only, not an only son, but the youngest son. And then his uncles and aunts were single. So he knew so much about food. He spoke French. He spoke and he was unbearable. And he was good friends with Arzac, Um, he would take me to all these restaurants and, you know, I felt like a peasant because, you know, essentially my mom is from a town where people live in caves and there's a lot of gypsies. And I love that town. Yeah. But Javier was like, Oh, let's go to this Michelin star restaurant. So the Basque, the men in the Basque country have this tradition of going out with other Mm. men to cook in this place, which is amazing. It's like a restaurant. And then they come home and they sit on their butts. And I just, that tradition. Also, a lot of chefs have come from that tradition, but I found it very weird as a woman. It's so funny because
0: uh, when I think of tapas in Ireland, I feel like it's a much more feminine thing. I feel I like, was going to
1: say,
2: yeah. how does that, how does then your Pinchos experience or your Basque experience compare to your tapas experience? And also how does that, again, um, weave into, you know, women in Spain?
1: I just think tapas, you know, we said tapas is more informal. Pinchos, Mm. you always have to pay. They're more expensive. They use fancier ingredients. But essentially, you're doing the same thing. You're walking around and meeting, like going to different bars and trying the different pinchos. And, oh, this pincho won this competition. That's like the latest craze where people really advertise that. But pinchos to me are more like that industry and banking sector if you go to bilbao Getxo, and you see the houses there when people talk about docky in dublin i'm like go to Getxo. these are like the mega wealthy they have like these chateaus it's insane the amount of money that the north of spain has so these pinchos are just very fancy they're just and and but very fancy in a masculine way i don't know how mm. to explain it but it's Whereas tapas to me, I can imagine a lady in the kitchen making something. I don't know. But this is a, like, it's it's a, an interpretation that I make between the masculinity of Basque food and more the femininity of, 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 of tapas. Of Spanish. I mean, gazpacho. Should, no. I gazpacho, can't eat... Sorry, di- you love gazpacho. But gazpacho to me is the essence of Andalucía. And that's a very feminine drink, tapa.
6: Mm.
1: Whereas in the north... It would be some, like, crab or the Hilda. If you think of a Hilda, an anchovy. Named after, by the way, named
2: after Rita Hayworth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gorgeous Rita
1: Hayworth Gilda. That is where the
2: Hilda comes from.
1: But but Hilda is a very masculine tapa. Like, pincho, Mm. sorry. It's an anchovy, an olive, and a pickled chili. Uh, Like, that's not to me. I don't know, but... I think Vanessa and Anna had a different take, like they see it differently. And I think Vanessa and Anna, because they're just essentially people who love to have people in the restaurant, they're restauranters and they love that whole welcoming and, and create, you know, creating these dishes that people will come back to time and time and again, they, they see it a little bit differently. But still, that's just my perception. And obviously, if I didn't have that Basque boyfriend, it'd be totally different. And
2: Blanca, also, can you talk a little bit about when women in Spain were allowed to go out?
1: Because well, I feel in like the I... 70s, if you went out as a woman alone, people used to put a flag on your table mm, okay. from the country you were with. So
0: people didn't think you were a prostitute. <laughs> so That happens pretty... to me all the time. I just say,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have to say the other place that I found hard to be a woman alone was in the States, like sitting down, but you know, in, in Madrid now that doesn't happen, but women for a long time, you can see it in a lot of literature, like Federico Garcia Lorca, women were at home. Like yeah. it was no. That's why. That's why yeah. I was
2: wondering. It's like this idea of tapa, which for me was always something that was associated with going out. And you do say that it's quite feminine. I'm like, okay. So when do women go out to eat tapa?
1: I would say post, you know, the '70s, okay. after Franco. That would be when women kind of were allowed to to come out, and the government changed from a dictatorship to a democracy. But before that, it probably would have been weird. Like, what's that lady doing there? But, you know, now the the thing with tapas, it's similar to going to an Irish pub. You could go almost by yourself, you know,
0: because you're going to bump into people
1: (laughs) everywhere Mm. you go. There's 20 20 bars that serve tapas. So I could walk down and meet people.
0: But don't forget in Ireland, uh, the Irish pubs until like, you know, not... I mean, huge distant past. You know, had a yeah. separate separate area for women in the pubs as well. So no, that's you know. why
2: I was I, I I that's why I was curious because I feel like there's there was that tradition here as
5: well.
0: It's funny now in because Ireland. I only know my female friends who would say, "Oh, do you want to go out to a Spanish restaurant and get tapas or or whatever restaurant to get tapas?" Like I can't really see a lot of Irish men, no. you know, like in the way that you're saying it's done traditionally in Spain, kind of going oh, do you want to go out and just do a tapas trail together? And, you know, I just ca- I can't really see many Irish men who want to do that. Not not saying they like, don't want yeah. to do it, but, like, it's not, it's not, it wouldn't be so much traditional here.
1: Yeah, I think they want tapas, like Anna and Vanessa said, they want tapas sitting down and they want, you know... <laughs> a lot of it. Walking. They actually
2: want a lot of it.
0: But also Irish yeah. men don't like to share, is my point. Is oh, that, like, yeah. I feel okay. like Irish women like to eat that style of small plates or tapas whereas i don't feel i feel like irish men want one place i know my brother is like that like he cannot share food it's just not possible yeah
1: yeah it's it's i think i agree i have a lot of friends that um don't like we we've been out and they're like please don't order to share (laughs)
0: If you like what you heard or better yet have a question or response or comment to anything that we said today we really want to hear from you so please contact us at instagram at spicebags pod twitter as well as the same Bags pod or you can email us at spicebagspod at gmail.com